right. <clears throat> Boy, I tell you, it's so great to be here this morning. It's so inspiring. It's so exciting to see all these groups being formed to go to the mission field and bless people. And I know that each one of you will be blessed also. We think that we go to take and bless, but we come back home and we're so blessed and we're so full and it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, yesterday was a great time. I came in yesterday. The last two weeks I've been busy. I've been to Nepal and uh, Turkey, visiting some of those cities mentioned in the book of Revelation. Um, and then to Brazil, and from Brazil I came here, got here yesterday. Went to the Cuda fundraiser, a wonderful time, great people, lots of generous folks there. And that will be used to help the people there in Brazil during the medical campaign in July, this coming July. This will be our eighth medical campaign in Brazil. So I'm very, very proud of you all. You, you're a great blessing in my life and the life of my wife, Phyllis, and, and my family. And I praise God for you. Uh, when I decided to go to EBC, Everest Base Camp, uh, one of my kids said, oh, he'll be preaching about mountains for the next two years. And then they heard, they heard that I was stopping in Turkey. I was flying Turkish, you know, the Turkish Airlines, so I decided to stop in Turkey and, and visit some of those cities mentioned in the book of Acts and Revelation. And another one said, wow, he'll be speaking about the book of Ephesians for the next 12 months. And that's not what's going to happen. This is not what I'm doing today. We're going to go to the Gospel of Matthew and start right there with Jesus. Uh, you go back 2,000 years ago, Jesus comes out of the water, and he hears this voice from God. You are my beloved son. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I think parents need to say this more often to their kids. I am so proud of you. And it's not because you're perfect. No, there are no parents who are perfect either, so we don't expect perfection. God does not expect perfection from his children, from his sons and daughters. It's because of his compassion that he says, I'm so proud of you. you know, I love you. And you bring me much joy. And this is what Jesus hears after you know being baptized and then he's led by the spirit into the wilderness and there he's uh, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights of course he's hungry at the end of that time and the tempter the accuser the devil our enemy satan shows up and and he has one purpose in mind he wants to trick jesus he wants to either distort or destroy his identity. And that's what he's trying to do with us. You know, every day of our Christian life, he's always trying, using the media, using somebody else's opinion, using all kinds of things, the culture maybe, to either distort or destroy our identity. Because if he's able to do that, we're going to forget what our mission is about. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know about your identity, you won't know what your mission is in life, what your purpose is in life. Now, you go back to now, 1960, and José González, that's a chapter of my story. Uh, José González was my dad. 
And when he was 45 years old, something happened to him that changed him completely, that gave him a new trajectory in life. He used to walk to work every morning, and every time he passed by this house, he would see a blackboard with a Bible verse on it sitting on the porch. So one day, uh, he decided to ring the bell and ask this person. He had been disenchanted with religion. He was mainly involved in politics in his career. His identity was wrapped around you know, politics and career. As a matter of fact, when the military took over the country there in Brazil, he had to flee his hometown literally in the middle of the night because they were hunting him down. They wanted to get rid of him. And so by God's providence, he meets this missionary, Ivan Root, who had been in Brazil for a couple of years. He was there as a missionary with the Churches of Christ. And this man comes out after he rings the bell and he meets this stranger and he asks, why do you have a, a Bible verse on a blackboard sitting on your porch every morning? And he said, oh, I'm here evangelizing this country. I'm here, you know, sharing the simple but yet the very powerful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're interested in learning more about this, why don't you come on Wednesday evening? We have a small group meeting in our home here in our, our living room. And, and you could get to know some new folks here in town and, and get to hear about this Jesus. So he decided to go by himself at first. He was very skeptical about religious people and foreigners there in Brazil. And then a few months later, he decided to take my mom. I guess he figured it was safe enough to take mom and, and the kids. There were six of us, six siblings. And uh, in that year, December of 1960, he was baptized. And that changed him completely, transformed his life and gave his family a new direction and, and, and destination. Uh, and my dad, from being a man who was he heavily involved in politics, he became a man whose heart was totally devoted to God. From a man whose focus was his job and career, he turned into a servant of Christ and a church planter in Brazil. From a man who was harsh, mean, and sometimes even abusive with his children, he became the most loving and caring father and husband. And I remember when I was about maybe like nine or 10, I'd get up on Sunday morning with him, hop in the car, and we'd go to different towns for him to teach and preach about this Jesus, this gospel that he had just discovered and to help churches get started there. He was baptized in 1960. And a few months later, like in March of 1961, my mom was baptized, and they were some of the first converts of the Churches of Christ in Brazil. And when my dad was baptized at the age of 45, he became, like the Bible says, a new creation, a new man, a new person. He received a new identity that gave him a sense of mission and purpose in life. And Satan is not happy when we know who we are and what we're here for. When we have a purpose in life. He shakes in his boots. He gets desperate. He tries to play tricks with our hearts and minds. He's threatened. He's desperate when he sees a follower of Christ. Knowing who he is. Being firm about his identity. 
and his mission. And just as my dad learned about his identity, uh, many Christians all over the world, everywhere, have come to the same understanding. So you're not just a doctor, you're not just a, a school teacher, an engineer, or a businessman, or a salesperson, or a cook, or a housewife, or even a preacher. Your identity does not come primarily from what you do professionally. As a matter of fact, someday you will quit doing what you do today professionally for many reasons, maybe retirement or some other reason. Our identity is not determined by our circumstances. You, you may be under some bad circumstances today and, and you might be feeling frustrated and down and depressed and impotent and weak. And that's not who you are. That's not who you are. Our identity does not come from somebody else's opinion either. Now, some people like us and they'll say nice things about us and they'll be very kind and call, and call us nice names. But some people don't like us and they'll try to, to stick all kinds of bad labels on us. And we're not a label. We are what God calls us. And he calls us sons and daughters whom he loves very much. And the Bible testifies this. The Holy Spirit, you open your Bible in the book of Romans chapter 8, and you see that the Spirit of God testifies to our spirit, that we are his children, we are his sons, and we are his daughters. Even though Satan is always constantly trying to distort or, dis or, distort or destroy our identity. How does he try to do that? Like I mentioned, you know, through culture, media, opinion of other people. He tries to put seeds of doubts in our minds, like he did to Jesus. If you're the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. You're, you're powerful enough. You're big. You're smart. You can do it yourself. You don't need God. You don't need to trust God. If you're the Son of God, why don't you just throw yourself down? Angels will come, and boy, it will be a great spectacle. Wow, what a fantastic day. People will see that and be so impressed, and they will applaud you. If you're the Son of God, he's always trying to play tricks with us. Take a shortcut. You don't need to trust God. You deserve some attention, he's saying. But Jesus knew who he was. And we know who we are. And that's why we can say, away from me, Satan. So when we know that we have an identity in Christ, we know what our mission is. And we know the importance of living our lives with a purpose. And two important things that we need to remember as a church, as a body of Christ. Number one, rules and regulations are not as important as our mission. And tradition is not as important as our mission. I just heard recently that uh, traditions are like brakes in a car. And I would not drive my car without brakes. I'm not that insane. Now, I need the brakes in my car. But you know, mission, our mission is the engine. And you don't get anywhere without the engine. So what is our mission? Well, look at Jesus, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. He says, now the Bible says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. 
When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus fulfilled his mission by doing three things in this text, we learn. Number one, he went teaching all over, in the synagogue, in the boat, by the mountainside. He was constantly teaching about the kingdom, sowing kingdom seeds. And then he was preaching, announcing publicly, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is coming, get ready for it. And then the Bible says he went healing every disease and sickness all over. There in Brazil, 82, we have tried to look at Jesus. We know who we are. We're sons and daughters, and we're trying to fulfill this mission, and we're called everywhere, not just in the mission field. There is a mission field right here also, and we are called constantly, every day, to be out there teaching, preaching, and healing people. We go out to the streets there in Brazil, and we hand out pamphlets, and we invite people to come to our, Bible, to our school of the Bible and study the Bible with us and learn more about this Jesus. We, 18 years ago, had a dream to start a multimedia ministry. So after talking to a few friends and praying, we came out here and we visited with churches and friends, and we raised the funds that we needed, and we started the multimedia ministry there in Brazil, which has blessed literally thousands of lives and, and changed and, and touched and transformed many people there. And the healing part, just a few years ago, I remember the story when Mark came home and told us about this street man who, when he was waiting at the traffic light, walked up to him and Mark said, I, I don't have any money for you, but I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you my card. On the back of my card, there's a map on how to get to my house. You come to my house and we're going to feed you. You're going to have a shower. You're going to have some clean clothes. And from that, we started what we called the Shiki Show, and now we have a, a, a Casa de Passagem, halfway house, where we receive those folks after sending them out to a, a clinic, rehab clinic, and we have literally helped dozens of people get out of the streets, break the shackles of drug addiction and all kinds of problems, and, uh, and we see, you know, the message, the kingdom growing. The healing. I uh, remember nine years ago when Kevin... And Greg Dunham and a mission team from Johnson Street came down to E2. And one afternoon, I was visiting with Greg, and he said, I'm a doctor. If I ever come back to Brazil, what could I do here to, to help, to bless you know, people here? I said, well, why don't you come up with a, a mission team, like a medical team from, from the States, and we'll try to come up with a, a medical team from Brazil, and, and let's go somewhere. Let's go to a poor district, a poor area here, and let's do some healing. Let's touch those lives. Let's hear the stories. Let's, you know, take care of them, not just medically, just physically, but also spiritually and, and emotionally. And now we're having this July our eighth medical campaign, and we've been able to bless literally, you know, thousands of people through the medical campaign. And some of you have been there to bless us. And I'm waiting for you in July again, by the way. And what empowers us to do all these things? It's not our smarts. It's not that we're 
that brilliant. I am not. I'm so average. I mean, it's incredible. You know, it's not that we have all the means, the resources, the money, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus did in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he went around doing good and freeing people from the oppression of the devil. And that's what we're trying to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're called because we, we are you know, sons and daughters of God with a mission. And every day when I look around me and every day when you look around you, you will see people under the oppression of Satan. And those people are looking for healing. They want a better life. They want some solution. They want some answer. And they're knocking a lot of times, I've noticed this, they're knocking on the wrong doors. And they're asking, what can help me? What can help me get out of this situation? And the answer is not in the what, but in the who. It's Jesus. That same Jesus that blessed my dad, that transformed his family, that transformed his life, that gave gave him an identity and a mission. It's the same, same one to this day. It's a very simple message. And I've been to different parts of the world, and I've seen people getting so complicated through religion and all kinds of idolatry. It's real simple, folks. It's just Jesus. It's God's love calling us every day because of his compassion, saying, hey, you're my sons and daughters. You're very important. I'm proud of you. Again, not because you're perfect. It's not because of your perfection. It's because of my compassion. So it's Jesus. It continues to be Jesus, the answer. So in a world full of bad news, people getting desperate, hopeless, depressed, the message, the simple message of Jesus Christ continues to be the best news available. So when we leave here today, we need to be certain of two things. Two things. Number one, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, of God, and He loves me. He cares so much about me that He was willing to send His Son to die on that cross for me. And then I am certain that I have a mission in life. I don't need to go to Brazil or Nepal or Turkey or anywhere else. I can live this mission right here where I am through my life, my example, my words, my testimony. May God bless you.